We are honored today to have Will McDaniel and Alba Sanderson to lead us in worship. Guys, thank you. Go ahead and lead us. And we are all grateful for that amazing grace and grateful for those beautiful voices that sang about that this morning. Thank you, Will and Abba, for leading us so beautifully. And thank you all for being here today. We are so glad you've joined, for, joined us for worship. And if it's your first time back, we welcome you. And it's good to see you. Thank you for choosing to come and worship with us today. If you are a guest, we welcome you as well. And especially if you're a first-time guest, we have a gift for you out on the Welcome Center as you leave today. There are some bags on the far corner of the Welcome Center. Just take one of those bags, and there's some information and a gift inside that bag. But we just want you to know that we're glad that you're visiting with us today and that you're worshiping with us. We welcome you and pray that you feel, all of you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Those of you here and those of you who have joined us uh, by Facebook Live and by YouTube, we're glad that you've joined us as well today. So uh, join us as we worship together and as we sing together. And we're going to stand and we're going to greet one another, just kind of wave at each other. And we're going to get, uh, sing together, Shine, Jesus, Shine.
now you join as we sing a new hallelujah.
Amen. We are so thankful that you are here worshiping with us this morning, whether here in person or worshiping with us online. Thank you for taking the time to give praise and glory and honor to the only one who is worthy to be praised. We sing hallelujah. We also sing about the wonderful cross, and we can't help as followers of Christ to be grateful for what Jesus Christ has done for us. And the way we show our love to him is by worshiping him and by obeying his word and living a changed, transformed life. So I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to be with you today. And if you're in this place, every week there's a time that we set aside for prayer. We humble ourselves before an almighty God and we cry out to him with praise and thanksgiving and with our worry, our fear, our pain, our grief, our depression, our loneliness, our addictions, our fears, whatever's going on in our lives, we know that God is greater. Greater is the one that is in us than he that is in the world. Do you believe that today? Greater is the one that's in us than he or anything else that's in the world. So we give praise to God today and I'm going to invite you, wherever you are, to join me for prayer. You can stand, you can kneel at your seat, whether you're home or here, wherever you are can be your altar. I'm going to invite you to go to the Lord in prayer with me. May we pray. God, what a privilege, what a joy it is to worship you. Father, I'm so grateful for this time we can be together in this place and for folks worshiping wherever they might be. But God, it's great to be with other believers, singing praise in your house, smiling and loving each other, God, and loving you. And Father, we just thank you for the privilege of being able to worship a holy, loving patient, forgiving, life-changing God. And Father, I thank you for your presence here this morning. And Lord, if there are folks here today and their heart is heavy, their burden is great, I pray, God, that you would bring healing and bring hope. And Father, bring forgiveness. Lord, if there would be anything in me or in us that would hinder your spirit from moving freely today. Remove it, God. Father, I just pray for some people here today that are in pain, literal pain, physical pain, mental or emotional pain. And I pray you, the great healer, would anoint them and heal them, Father. Lord, maybe there's someone battling loneliness or depression or an addiction. Father, deliver them today. Set the captive free and restore peace and comfort and love. Lord, we continue to pray for this pandemic to end. Father, that we can get back to more normal, whatever the new normal is going to be. Father, we continue to pray for our nation and for our leaders, and we pray for revival and spiritual awakening and renewal, and may it begin in each of our hearts. Father, continue to bless all the churches that are preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, when things can get back to whatever the new normal is going to be, that there would not be a a church that would be empty, but every church would be filled and overflowing with people hungering and thirsting after you. May we never take for granted again our freedom to worship and to be with other believers. Lord, if there are folks watching or in this place and they've never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus Christ, May today be the day of salvation for some, for many. Father, I pray that Christians would have their hearts renewed. Father, that people who are looking for answers would find the answer in Christ. 
And God, I've been praying that you would bring me a fresh wind and a fresh fire. And I pray that prayer for all these folks worshiping with us today, that they would experience a fresh wind and a fresh fire. Lord, I pray for folks who are grieving. I, I pray for some folks that are recovering from surgery and facing surgeries even this week. Touch them, God, with your Holy Spirit and your healing power. Lord, I just pray now that you would continue to move through this service, move through the music, move through the prayers, move through the proclamation of your word, move through your servant, move through the time of commitment and invitation. Father, may we be moved to make changes to be more like Christ, for it is in his holy and strong and powerful and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm grateful for all the beautiful music we've had today and for Will McDaniel and Albus Anderson doing such a beautiful job. They're starting young, and I pray they will continue to grow, to give praise to God and make a difference for his kingdom. And grateful that our choir or a portion of our choir is here, and thank you all for being here. We hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's word for all of our musicians that bring such beautiful music and praise and glory to God. We'll be reading one verse out of Matthew chapter 5. It's verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, choir, for leading us so beautifully. What a simple message, but it's so powerful that Jesus loves us. This we know, for the Bible tells us so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And again, if you don't get anything out of this service today, know how much Jesus loves you and loves me. I always like to share a little humor, and this is a throwback oldie. Maybe you heard the story about the woman who had passed away recently. She was an elderly lady, and never being married, she requested that she would not have any male pallbearers. In her own handwriting, she gave instructions for her memorial service. She said, they never took me out when I was alive, and they're not going to take me out while I'm dead. <laughs> Last week, we began a sermon series. We looked at Jesus going up on a mountain to deliver what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. And we have called this series the Summit of Joy. Jesus was given this message not only to his disciples, but to a crowd of people who had gathered to listen. And what he was doing is he was given a standard. He was given a standard of living for those who would choose to follow him. Some thought these standards or teachings were too difficult. They were so challenging that they thought they were not attainable on their own strength, and they were right. What God asks us to do, we can't do on our own. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to accomplish things far greater than we ever could have dreamed or imagined on our own strength. And maybe through this season, you have been challenged by the frustration and the heartache and the pain and the struggles of what we've been through. It's possible that you've had your joy zapped from you during this time. And maybe you've longed to, to get that joy back. I want to tell you today as we begin to look at the first of a series of Beatitudes, I pray that you would understand these aren't simple statements, but these are exclamations. These are not future prophecies about how you can obtain joy in the future. They are present realities that you can have joy here and now. We can have joy here and now when we come to the place where we can realize first that we are blessed that we are blessed. If you would look in verse 3 of Matthew chapter 5, the very first word that Jesus shares in, in all of these Beatitudes begin this way, is blessed. Have you ever asked someone, how are you doing? And they've responded, I'm blessed. Have you ever asked someone, maybe that's how you respond. I know one of our church members, Melanie Benassi, every time I say, hey Mel, how are you doing? She'll say, I'm blessed. And sometimes she even adds baby. I'm blessed, baby. I know when I ask another one of our church members, how are you doing? He said, I'm too blessed to be depressed. T.L. Wilson, wherever you are, I'm too blessed to be depressed. And I've even heard when I've asked someone, how are you doing? They'll say, I'm blessed and highly favored. Have you ever heard anyone say that? When we hear the word bless, it's a pronouncement of God's divine favor. The Greek word is makarios, which actually means wholeness, joy, well-being, holistic peace. And we know that some have even translated it to mean happiness, but it's so much more than that. Happiness is based on chance and based on changes in life. I'm happy if things are going my way, and I'm happy if I'm getting everything I want, but 
Joy is much deeper. Joy is based on a deep-rooted, untouchable, unassailable joy that comes from faith in Jesus Christ. And today when we say, I'm blessed, I, I think about what Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, 22, when, when he was trying to pre prepare them for what was up ahead, when he said, in a little while, you won't see me, but then in a little while, you will see me. He was talking about the crucifixion, and then they would see him at the resurrection. He said, so with you, now you will grieve. But then you will see me again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Did you hear that? No one or nothing can take the joy of a follower of Christ away. No one or nothing can take their joy. Jesus said this in John 14, 27, again, trying to prepare his disciples. He said, peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. It's this kind of peace and joy that God offers us when we say, I'm blessed. Really, it's a condition of inner satisfaction. And unfortunately, today, there's a lot of people who are never satisfied. And guess what? There's that God-shaped hole in their hearts and in their lives. There's that void and they try to fill that void with everything and anything they can, which leaves them empty because only God can fill that void. Only a personal relationship with Jesus. Money, material things, uh, power, prestige, position, that's all temporary. But only through Christ do we have the eternal. The other day, we were having a set-down meal with my family. Tilly calls it dinner. I call it supper. And as we were around the supper slash dinner table, that's one good thing I've shared during COVID. I've had more meals around the table with my family than I have in years. And I've loved being around the table. Maybe they haven't loved eating with me around the table because the other night we were around the table Kelly had fixed a delicious meal. I got a two Kelly's horn there. That was, that was some good meatloaf and mashed potatoes and green beans. Mm, mm. I'm trying to get all the brownie points I can. <laughs> and as we were eating, I don't even remember exactly what was said, but we began as a family to have an intense moment of fellowship. And dad turned into preacher mode. And I said, you know what, guys? We are so blessed. We need to have attitudes of gratitude. Because when we have an attitude of gratitude, and I think about the B attitudes, I said, when we have an attitude of gratitude, it changes everything. Because when we realize just how blessed we are, then we will see through different lens, through different eyes. We as followers of Christ are a blessed people. Again, if God never answered another prayer, he's already done enough when he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And if we can learn to be thankful for everything he's given us instead of, I'm not going to be happy until I get this, or I'm not going to be satisfied until this happens. I'm not going to be fulfilled until this comes about. We're always going to be longing for more. But when we allow Jesus to be first place, then we realize how blessed we are to have an attitude of gratitude, not an attitude of entitlement or an attitude of I deserve it or an attitude as I'm better than everyone else. I don't understand why I'm not getting this. But if we have an attitude of gratitude and understand how blessed we are, we will begin this journey of joy, climbing the summit of joy. Today, we must realize we're blessed. Secondly, we must realize that we're bankrupt. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, when I say bankrupt, if you look up the definition, it says a, a person or organization 
declared in law unable to pay an outstanding debt. Well, I'm not talking about financial bankruptcy right now, but we understand through God's word we're all spiritually bankrupt without Christ. You look at Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. When we say blessed are the poor in spirit, you know what that means? That we are totally dependent upon God. What that means is that I must be detached from the world and its ways and attached to God. I must be totally dependent upon him. And we think about people in scriptures who understood that they were helpless and hopeless without God. They had to learn to trust fully in him. You, you think about David there in Psalm 34, verse 6, and he was referring to himself as this poor man, referring to himself, called out, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. He understood a man after God's own heart. Still, he was calling himself this poor man. He was talking about spiritual poverty, this poor man. I think about Job in the Old Testament, who was a man who feared God and shunned evil, one of the finest people ever to live. And yet, remember, Job had all this calamity, lost his 10 children, lost all of his livestock, all of his possessions, lost his own health. But yet Job said at the end of the book of Job in Job chapter 42 and verses 5 and 6, he said, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Job came to understand that he did not have joy that came from all of these other things, but through his relationship with God. And he said, in repentance, he even repented from that kind of spirit or attitude. He's like, I heard of you, but now my spiritual eyes have been opened to see the truth that I've been getting it wrong, even though I've been trying. I think about Paul, who was one of the finest men in all of Scripture, certainly in the New Testament. And Paul even said in Romans 7, 18, he said, I know that there is nothing good that lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I know that there is nothing good that lives in me. He was showing his humility before God. He said, my sinful nature, I know that I'm not what I ought to be. And all of these folks, these great people of faith, you know what they had in common? Humility. They had humility. Now think about Proverbs 16, 18, it says pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Don't you think God has a way of using our circumstances to humble us? Don't you think we go through seasons in our lives where God is rocking our world and bringing us down to our knees? Maybe you're here today and, and recently you've lost your job and you're scrambling around. What, what am I going to do? And you think, I, I don't have any way of providing. Maybe God is using this to grow you in your faith. Maybe he said, you don't need to be too proud to go work here for a season or to work. You don't think, I'm too good for that job. Be grateful that you have a job opportunity. Maybe God will use this circumstance to grow you in your faith. Maybe you're here and you've had a broken relationship and you've been shaking your fist to God. I don't understand why it didn't work out. Well, God's got someone better. Don't keep living in the past. God has opened a new opportunity, but maybe... He's humbling you through this brokenheartedness. Maybe you've had an accident or an unexpected tragedy in your life. Maybe a health issue. And you're like, God, why are you doing this to me? It's not that God is doing it, but God is using it to get us where we need to be. He's humbling us 
bringing us to our knees so we have nowhere else to look but up. And that's what James was talking about in James 4.10. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. And we must have humility. Has not this crazy pandemic humbled us? I mean, I hope that we have seen through this season things and people that we took for granted that we'll never do that again. I hope that through this time, again, I don't believe, it's my opinion, that God has done it, but God is using it for our good and for his glory. And maybe today God is saying, until you get to a place where you realize just how bankrupt you are without me, you're going to continue to fall. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Those words are still true today. And maybe God has brought us to our knees so we'll say once and for all, you need to be sitting on the throne and I need to get off the throne. But not only do we need to realize that we're blessed and realize that we're bankrupt, but we must believe. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is not only a future hope, but it's a present reality. I believe that when we think about the kingdom of heaven, we, we think about God's grace and God's love and God's acceptance and fellowshipping with God. I, I think about when Jesus, if you, you were to read on over in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he taught his disciples to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then in verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is when we understand that the perfect will of God can be here on earth as well as it is in heaven. We become citizens of the kingdom when we obey the will of God. And if you're here today and you have never cried out to God in humility and acknowledged your need of him, what are you waiting for? You know, wait until you get your house together, get your house in order until you make these changes. We come to him just as we are. He makes the changes. We don't have to get cleaned up and come to him. We come to him humbly, openly, surrendering it all to him. I love what Paul said in Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 13, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hebrews 11:6. but without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him? I do. I believe it with all my heart and our reward may not be on this side, but ultimately we will be rewarded on the other side, but I believe he can give us his joy now, today. So if you've been wanting joy and you feel zapped of joy and, and you've just been a robot going through, I was about ready to break down my robot dance, but I won't. If you've been like a robot or like a zombie, night of the living dead, it's time to get your joy back. It's time to realize how blessed we are and that we're bankrupt spiritually without Jesus and we must believe that he's prepared a beautiful place for us, beginning here and now with us doing his will in our lives. I want to close by sharing a story with you that 
maybe you've heard before, but years ago there was a man who went to see a doctor who was not eating, not sleeping. He said his life was miserable, had no joy. And when he went to see this doctor, the doctor said, well, I could give you some pills. <laughs> I could give you some medicine. But he said, I believe in laughter. Laughter is the best medicine, is good medicine. And I, I think about Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. He said, laughter is good medicine. And he said, I tell you what, there is a world-famous clown performing at such and such theater. This was in London. And he said, there's a certain clown called the Great Grimaldi, and he's performing down at this theater. And he said, man, he is outstanding. I guarantee you he will make you laugh, and that will be great medicine for you. And the man said, I can't do that. And the doctor said, why not? He said, I am the great Grimaldi. He would put on his makeup, and put on his face to try to bring joy and laughter to everyone else when he didn't have it inside. How many of us were just like that famous clown? We put on our face, we put on our makeup, try to make everyone think we got it together and I'm going to make you laugh, I'm going to bring you joy when we're dead inside. We have no joy ourselves. And that's because we try to do it on our own strength. It's not until we get to a place where we allow Christ to be the one to bring real joy that we cannot pretentiously, we can authentically and genuinely share that joy with others. That's the kind of joy that Jesus is talking about. Blessed, joyful, well-being are the poor in the spirit. Humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Aren't you ready to receive that even now? as we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are folks in this room or people watching and they've never taken that first step to experiencing true joy, may they today acknowledge their helplessness and hopelessness without Christ and that they would come to acknowledge their need, their spiritual poverty, their bankruptcy without you. And Lord, that they might pray a simple prayer in their own words to begin this journey, not to be the end, but the beginning of living a long life for Christ, to say, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, I pray some people could pray a prayer much like that and begin to repent from their old ways and begin to walk in newness of life. Lord, there are Christians that have lost their joy. And Father, they have based their happiness on things or possessions or money or people when we're always going to be empty, we're never going to be satisfied until we allow you to be first place and reign supreme in our hearts and lives. I pray some Christians today would renew their commitment and say, Father, I want to do your will and not my own. Or God, maybe there are folks that are looking for a church family. God, I have so missed my church family, and I have been thrilled to see people coming back for the first time in over a year and seeing new faces, God, to God be the glory that you continue to bless us even through a challenging season. And Father, I pray that in just a moment when we have a time of 
invitation and commitment that we would all make a commitment in our hearts to live for you who is willing to die for us and that we would be thankful that we would have attitudes of gratitude. For it is in the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and come as we sing a hymn of invitation. If you're watching and make a decision, contact our church office. It would be my privilege to pray with you. These front pews are open. If you want to come down, I'll come and meet you and pray with you however the Holy Spirit leads. Won't you come as we sing together?
just for a moment. I am uh, so thankful for decisions that have been made today. Um, I'm grateful at our 8.30 service that Melissa and Gracie Eaton joined our church family, and so we give God the glory for their decisions. And I'm thankful to introduce to you uh, Levi Murray. Come on up here, Levi. And Mom and Dad, you can come too if you want. Anthony and Kim, I was grateful that before COVID, I had an opportunity to meet with Levi and his family, and there he prayed to receive Christ as his Lord and Savior, and then crazy COVID hit. But I'm so grateful that he's been coming to our youth ministry, and tonight Levi's getting baptized. I'm so grateful for that and give God the glory. <clears throat> Levi, you hear me tell people this all the time. That's the greatest decision any of us could ever make because it's the only one that lasts forever. And this is just the beginning of living a long life for Jesus. So I know that you want to pledge your love, prayers, and support to Levi and his mom and dad as he takes this leap of faith. Again, let's show our love and support by letting it be known by saying amen, amen, and applause. We celebrate with you. You can be seated. Then I'm thankful that I had uh, two brothers in Christ to come today just asking for prayer and asking for God to give them direction and guidance in their lives. And I ask that you be in prayer for, for Darren and Salate as they went to do God's will in their lives and going through some challenging times. So we pray for you guys and know God is in control. And, uh, and I want you all to know that, that even though your life may seem out of control right now, God is in control. And God is the author of joy, not chaos. He is the author of joy, and he is gonna bring us through this with his mercy and his grace. So thank you for your continued prayers, your patience, meeting with some folks this week, some of our uh, church leaders to discuss a game plan for moving forward and what, what that's going to look like. But thank you for hanging in there with us, for your, again, your love, support, prayers. Um, I feel like we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. We just got to hang in there a little bit longer and know God is going to help us through but uh, don't forget, right now we're still doing uh, Wednesday nights online. We're going to be talking about that, too, at 6. Join us virtually, and uh, you should receive discussion questions if you're on our email list. If you're not, you can contact the office. Discussion questions that you can do with your family or table group or by yourself, however the Holy Spirit leads, to grow in the faith. But thank you so much for your love and prayers. Don't forget how much God loves you and we love you too. And I'm gonna invite the Murrays to join me out in the foyer by the door. And when you go by, you can give them a fist bump or an elbow bump and uh, let them know how happy we are about their decision. But thank you for worshiping. We're gonna stand and Bill's gonna lead us in a closing song. you and you have a great week.